Hello, you're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us on the broadcast today. I'm coming to you again from the sanctuary here at Legacy Church in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, where our good God is doing good things and greater things are yet to come. We've got an exciting broadcast for you today in just a moment or two. I want to share with you some glory stories, some of the good things that our good God is doing for people in our church and part of our global partner family, of which you are welcome to be a part as well. And we'll get into that in just a moment. Then we'll spend some time in the Word of God together today. And I know if you'll listen to it and become a doer of it, then the Word will change your life forever. Before we get into that, let me read you a couple of scriptures here. First of all, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, the Lord said in verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. He said, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings and do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Notice verse 3, for you shall expand. I want to talk about that word expand. He said, you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Let me talk to you about the plan to expand. That's something the Lord began dealing with us about a number of weeks ago here at Legacy Church and said, it's time to expand. And he gave us a number of areas in our church and in this ministry that we needed to expand in. He said, I want you to expand inside, outside, and then worldwide. See, what Legacy Church is, is a local church, but it has a global call. And right now, you're a part of that. That's what Legacy Television is. That's what the outreach of Legacy Music is. It is a worldwide outreach in an effort to serve our generation all over the world with the Word of God, teaching them how to live by faith, in the day of grace, teaching them how to experience a whole life prosperity and how to raise their families in the household of faith. And it's time for that to expand. Legacy Television's been a ministry now for several years, but I sense the Lord telling us it's got to grow. It's got to reach more. It's time to expand. Listen to it from the New Living Translation. He said it like this in Isaiah 54, verse 2, Enlarge your house. Build an addition. Spread out your home, I like this here, and spare no expense. For soon you will be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. 1 Samuel chapter 2. This is the account of the, the high priest Eli and his family. And many of you may be familiar with this, but his, his boys, his sons had gotten away from God, had gotten away from doing things God's way. And these were ministers. They were priests. They held positions in the temple. And man, they were lying to people and defrauding people. They were stealing offerings. They were entering into adulterous relationships with the women that came to the temple, seducing and manipulating. And God was not okay with it. And he talked to Eli about it. He sent a man of God to him to warn him about it. And, you know, Eli went to his sons and he talked to him. He says in verse 24 of 1 Samuel chapter 2, he said, No, my sons, it's, it's not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Notice this. Nevertheless, they did not heed, or you could say they didn't listen to 
the voice of their father. Now they heard his words. He's standing there talking to them. But they didn't, we'll say it like this for our time today, value his word. Because they went right on doing what he told them not to do. And God held Eli responsible for this. This was, they ended up losing their lives over this thing, but he held Eli responsible for it. And he sent a man of God to him in verse 29. And this is what God said through this man. Why do you kick at my sacrifice? In other words, why, am I, why is my sacrifice, my offering, no big deal to you? Why? He's asking, why do you think you can do this? These boys who are, are supposed to be representatives of God to the people standing in this place of priests. Why do you think you can do this? Why do you think you can steal the offering? They're doing it because they're living and acting like there's no God. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me? God's saying this to Eli. Eli wasn't the one doing this, but he was the one letting it go on. He was the one allowing it. And he said, why do you honor them more than you honor me? You might think, well, how's he honoring them? By not putting a stop to it. By not, by not bringing this stuff to an end. He said, you honor your sons more than me. You make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me, notice these words, will be lightly esteemed. It's light. He said, those who honor me. Do a little study on this word honor. You know what it means? Let me give you the definition of it. It means to be heavy or to make weighty. See, we're still talking about this weightiness, this heaviness. To honor something or someone is to give weight to them, to give weight to it, to make it heavy. To honor it is to make it heavy or to make it weighty. It, it also means, you ready? To glorify. Now you, you're connecting these dots, aren't you? Honor and glory and this heavy, weighty presence of God. What you honor, he said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Or you could say it like this. If you give weight to me, Oh, come on. Are you listening right now? What's God, what's God saying? If you give weight to my things, what does that do? It lets him give weight to your things. If you make a big deal out of my stuff, God says, that enables me to make a big deal out of your stuff. If my things are heavy and weighty to you, your things will be heavy and weighty to me. Those who honor, give weight to my things, I can give weight to their things. But then he said, those who despise me will be what? Lightly esteemed. 
We hear the word despise and our immediate reaction is to think, ooh, gross, I hate that, disgusting, I don't like it. But if you look it up in scripture, it doesn't necessarily mean all that. You see what it means. You despise me, I'll lightly esteem you. Or you treat my stuff like it doesn't weigh anything, I have to treat your stuff like it doesn't weigh anything. And this is the answer. Are you ready? Here comes a very big answer that much of this world is asking. It's this question right now. How is it a God of love can let all this stuff happen to billions of people? You ever heard anything like that before? How can this God, this God that you say he loves, how can he let this destruction and this famine and this, this uh, peril over here and this, and this violence over here, how can he let that happen to them? One word. Access. Most of this world has no honor for him. Most of the rest of this world either doesn't believe he exists, or if they do, they never give it another thought beyond that. No honor, no value. They give no weight to his word. They give no weight to his plan. They give no weight to his will. And to say they give no weight to it is to say, remember our scale, they don't value it right? Here's this exceeding and eternal weight of the glory of God. And they're like, yeah, I'll give you a couple of bucks for that. No weight, no value. And what that serves to do is limit his access to them. So the question isn't how could he let it happen? The answer is he had no access to stop it. He had no access to intervene. There was no open door. This is why our lives are supposed to be so different. When you give weight and value and honor to the word of God and the plan of God and the things of God and the church of God and the will of God and the kingdom of God and you wake up with it on your mind and it's on your heart and your mind throughout the day and you go to bed passionate every night about God, I want to know you. I want to fulfill your plan. I want to do what you call me to do. And it lives big on the inside of you. You are giving weight to him, but guess what he gets to do? Give weight to you. And it's like this honor for God is like a door. And the more you honor him, the wider that door opens. And if you honor him this much, that's how wide the the door is. If you give him this much weight and this much value and this much time. If you're waking up and checking a box, you know, I spent three minutes moving on. That's how wide the door is for him to come through and work in your life. So how, how wide do you want that access to be? Huh? You, you, how, how much room and access do you want to give him to go to work so that even when and if you do miss it or, or you do make a mistake, it's your honor and the value and the weight that you've given him. He's got this wide open door to flood in and say, no, it's okay. I'll take care of it. My mercy's good and it endures forever. That's what value for the things of God does. That's what honor for him does. You honor me, he's saying, and it's like opening up a door. I'll honor you. Now, folks, I could honor you. We could acknowledge you. Oh, look what a good job you've done. Here, invite them on the stage. Look what they did. Didn't they do a good job? Everybody clap, and we honor you, and and that's great. And, you know, slap you on the back and say thanks. Put a check in your hand, whatever. 
But there is nothing that man can do for you to honor you that compares to God Almighty honoring you, giving weight to you. Let them write the biggest, fattest check they can, and it still doesn't compare to what he can do for you, what he can do in you, and what you want him doing in you. When, when, the, when the fire came down and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, what was that? That's God on display. That's God seen. That's God, here's a big Bible word for you, manifested. The manifestation of the presence of God. But what gave way to that? That wasn't because, just because God's like, I love these people and I want to manifest myself. That's not what opened the door for the fire to fall and the glory to fill that place. What opened the door to that? Over a decade of work on his house. Hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more, spent on his things. That's value. That's value. Now, is it any wonder there is such pressure from the world and sadly from much of the church world to do God's stuff as cheap as you can? And if you have anything nice, the pressure is on you to, to explain yourself. Were we just reading an article this week? There is somebody, and I don't, I don't encourage you to take time to look this up, but there is somebody who has taken it upon themselves to start a social media account that grabs screen grabs and pictures of preachers with nice shoes on. Some, a preacher wearing a nice jacket. And then to identify what brand it is and how much it costs. Somebody driving a car that's worth something. And we were reading about it. And of course, the person writing the article was lauding this and praising this. But it's dangerous stuff. I said, this is dangerous stuff. Number one, you don't know what they paid for that. Jesus rode in on a brand new donkey. That might have been an $80,000 brand new donkey. No miles on it. How much did he pay for it? Nothing. The Lord had need of it and the spirit of God worked in somebody else. You don't know. You don't know. And even if they paid $1.5 million for it, what's that to you? Huh? What's that mean to you? This is dangerous stuff. God is worthy. I don't know shoes and jackets and cars. These, these things are not the most important thing. But if you can't pass these little tests with this stuff like this, you'll be really uncomfortable in heaven. Seriously. And what are we talking about? Heaven coming here. I'm hungry for it. I said, I'm hungry for it. Heaven coming here. That's what the glory is. Thank you, Lord. Heaven coming here. How do we do this, Lord? Give him weight. Give him value. And give him honor. Go back to the New Testament to Mark chapter 4. 
I'm telling you, there is so much here. I wish I could just digitally download it to you, but we just got to take the time. In Mark chapter 4, in verse 24, Jesus is speaking and he said, take heed what you hear. Luke's account of this, Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. Now listen to this. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Now this is something Jesus said often. He said it more, in more than one place, more than a couple times. Take heed how you hear something. Not just what you hear. It's important to pay attention to what you're listening to. That is, that is absolutely important. But there's another step beyond that. Once you identify, okay, I should be hearing this and not that, so I'm going to turn that off and listen to this. That's a good first step. But even then, there's something more. Pay attention, he said, to how you pay attention. Take heed to how you hear it. So much of the problem that people have, they think they have with preachers and, and certain doctrines, they think their problems with the preacher. Really, the problem's not with the preacher. The problem was, is with how you are hearing what they're saying. Take heed how you hear this. But what he said was, take heed how you hear it because the measure that you meet, the measure, the measure, the value, the honor, the weight, the weight that you give it will determine how much more you get. Oh, come on, listen. The weight that you give the word of God will determine how much more of the word of God you get. The weight that you give the presence of God will be the determining factor of how much more of the presence of God you get. The weight and the value that you put on the glory of God is the determining factor that will decide how much more or how much little of the, uh, of the glory of God that you get. Take heed how you hear it. Because the measure that you use, what weight you give to it, is the scale just? Or are you living by a lying scale? Because if you've got the exceeding and eternal weight of glory on one side of the scale, how many of you know it's worthy of some time? It's worthy of some affection. It's worthy of some dedication. It's worthy of it. Okay, look at... Uh, Oh, thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 10. You're in Mark 4. Look at Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 is the account of the one we call the rich young ruler. And it won't take time to tell you the whole thing. You know this account. It says there was one in verse 17 that came running to him on the road. He came running. He knelt before Jesus and he asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He's recognizing here there's something missing. The scale's off. The balance is wrong. I, I need something that I don't have. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one's good but one. That's God. 
You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Now go back to his question, what good thing do I have to do to inherit eternal life? You couple this with some of the other, other accounts, and this is what he said. He called Jesus a good teacher, and then he said, what good thing do I do? Can you see the problem here? And this is why Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? In other words, what's your concept of good? Something seems off because if you're calling him good and in the same breath calling what you do good, how many know that's a lion scale? If you got his goodness on one side and your goodness on the other and you're going, yeah, these things are about the same, uh, you're being lied to. And you live in according to a lying, unjust, unrighteous scale. And that's why Jesus said, why do you call me good? What's your concept of good? But because he came to him based on what I do, Jesus responded, okay, you want something to do, which is the nature of the flesh. I want something to do. I want to deserve it. I want to earn it. So Jesus talks to him about the commandments. He goes, yeah, I know. I've done that. I've kept all that. And Jesus, the Bible says, looking at him, loved him. In verse 21, said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell what you have and give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and follow me. Now, not everybody got that invitation. Up until this point, there was a very small handful of guys that got that little two word invitation from Jesus. Follow me. Now, those words have fallen on human ears and everyone since then. But in that time, precious few got that look. He looked at him and he loved him. And out of that love comes this invitation. Follow me. Go sell what you have. Give. Follow me. You'll have treasure in heaven. But what happened was he went. He was sad at this word and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So he recognizes there's a need. I've got stuff. I've got money. I've got material things. We know he has that. He's got great possessions, but that ought to tell you right there. There's no life in that stuff because this is what he's hungry for. What do I do to get this life? I want life. There's no life in this. I want life. And Jesus looked at him and he loved him. He said, all right, go sell that. Get free of that. Come follow me and I'll give you treasure in heaven. Now, I don't know if this guy realized what he did in the moment, but let me tell you, there was right there between him and Jesus an invisible set of scales. And on one side, Jesus put this invitation to eternal life. Follow me. Why follow me? Because I'm going somewhere. And I've got what you're looking for. He put life on that side of the scale. Now, I don't know if this guy realized he did this or not, but it, you can see it. It's what he did. And as soon as Jesus put life on that side of the scale, this guy loaded up his side of the scale with stuff. Great possessions. And in his mind... This scale told him that what you have materially outweighs what he's offering spiritually. And he believed it. 
But was that just scale? Lied to him. Lied to him. And he went away sorrowful. Still with that life-shaped hole on the inside. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.